Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in with us today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I am joined by my handsome husband and sidekick, sometimes sidekick, and do <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and hello to my beautiful wife, and thank you for listening to our show, and I love being the sidekick on this show whenever possible. So thank you for having me, <laughs> and thank you for those listeners out there that have been putting up with me. Now, today's topics took a little bit of effort on my side, trying to take some notations and trying to understand some of what we'll be talking about. But, you know, Molly, we're going to be talking about cat breeds today because one of the listeners, Nina, wanted to know the difference in energy levels and physical issues that cats of certain breeds might be prone to, which is a great topic. So I had to go and take some notes. So I'm going to have to read from my notes today. (laughs) Well, you know, and I know we're talking about cat breeds, like purebred cats today, but most cats, you know, I don't know, 99% of the cats out there probably, most cats are what we call DSH, which you've probably seen that on, on your vet records where it says, what's the breed, DSH, that stands for domestic short hair. And basically it means a mutt in the cat world. You know, dogs, when dogs are mixed breeds, they go, it's a mutt. Well, a DSH is a mutt. And chances are your cat's probably a mutt. And, um, but there, but there are purebred cats and, you know, interestingly enough, there are far fewer purebred cat breeds than dog breeds. There are actually two cat associations, the CFA, which stands for the Cat Fanciers Association, and they recognize 42 pedigree breeds of cats. And then there's Tika which is the International Cat Association, and they recognize 71 pedigree breeds of cats. You know, and I've taken some notes that in the dog world, the American Kennel Club has added two breeds this year, bringing the total number of canine breeds up to 195. That's a lot more than cats. Why is that? Well... You know, generally speaking, dogs are bred for behaviors while cats are bred for aesthetics. You know, that makes sense because dogs are more domesticated than cats. Dogs are bred for hunting and herding behaviors and protection and tolerance qualities. Some dogs even have jobs to do while cats aren't really employed anywhere that I know of. Well, you know what they say, dogs have owners and cats have staff. (laughs) (laughs) So true in our situation, for sure. Takes two of us to take care of one cat. (laughs) So these 40 to 70 types of cat breeds, are there personality differences in any of those? Yes, there are. And I found an interesting scientific report, which I shared with you, that was published about a year ago. 
And it's all about the breed differences and inherited behaviors, which kind of go hand in hand. And this is a topic that hasn't really been studied much. So I was really happy to have stumbled upon this. And as you can imagine, it it was a difficult undertaking for these people since upbringing and environment play such a big role in a cat's personality. But 30% of a cat's personality is actually due to its genetics. Wow, you know, and you think about it, if we think on the terms in the dog world, pit bulls, everybody, the first thing people think about is that a pit bull is aggressive and going to come after you and all of that. But a lot of people really don't understand how they could be loving and trustworthy. But, you know, can you think of that in cats and cat breeds? such as uh, strong biases? I don't know about breed biases in cat breeds, but there's certainly color biases. You know, we refer (laughs) to tortoiseshell cats as having tortitude because so many of them are like little divas. And a lot of people think black cats are mean or bad luck, and there's certainly no evidence to either Maybe the closest thing to breed bias in cats would be the Siamese being neurotic. That would be probably the only thing I can think of. You know, uh, you know, I did notice in the study, and I'm trying to read some notes here. Well, uh, the oriental cats had the highest probability for compulsion behaviors like aggressive grooming, and they were the most likely to have owner evaluated behavior problem. Uh, People also seem to have strong uh, opinions about the Bengal cats are like, what did this study have to do or say about any of that breed? Um, Well, the study confirmed what's commonly thought of about Bengals, that they're the most active breed, obviously, and they were really ranked high for aggression, too. Yeah, man. And and you think about all the different breeds that come along. I think and Nina wanted to know about activity level in breeds. The study showed that most active breeds were the Cornish Rex, the Corat, and Bengal with British Shorthair, Ragdoll, and St. Bermain being the least active. Did the study uh, compare regular DSH house cat behaviors? to the purebreds? Yes, and and I'm going to quote their findings directly here. They say, quote, house cats were, compared to the average purebred cat, moderately active, quite aggressive towards both people and other cats, and shy towards novel objects and strangers. Furthermore, they had a high probability of wool sucking, but owners were not likely to state that the cats had a behavior problem. Based on the questions about the living environment, most adult house cats live in similar conditions as purebred cats in our sample. However, it's likely that the environment in early life differs between the house cats and the purebred cats. It would be expected that pedigree cat breeders invest more time to socialize the kittens. Therefore, some of the behavior differences between house cats and pedigree cats may be caused by differences in early environment. Now, I thought that was interesting because 
I, I, I don't know whether that was an, it must be an assumption on their part that pedigree cat breeders invest more time socializing kittens, um, you know, and, and maybe it's because I'm so close to the rescue world. I see so many hoarding situations from backyard breeders where people can't possibly have time to socialize, you know, three or four litters that are growing up at the same time. So, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just reading what the study said, but um, definitely yeah. differences in the environment they think might have skewed that uh, that result about Hascats, you know, being more aggressive and more shy of novel objects and strangers. Yeah, you know, and uh, I'm just reading some of the notes here, too. So the, the Persian cat with a round head and smushed-in face is one of the first established cat breeds. The Persian genes have been since been used to selective breeding of other registered purebred cats, such as the exotic British Shorthair, Selskirk, Rex, and Scottish Fold, They've found that these breeds that they share a genetic background similar each similar sim, uh, miss that each other to appearance as well as the behavior. So, in other words, I guess what I'm reading here is that they have, may they have genetic markers that um, make them somewhat look alike, but also it also brings in some of the behaviors. Uh, what would you classify as a Persian? behavior well from the study they said that persians actually have the lowest probability for aggression which surprised me because you'd never know that from my grandmother's cat she had a white persian named maximilian sebastian scott and we called him max of course and he was easily triggered to biting um he 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 was not a cat that liked to be held or pet or really messed with in any way. Now, of course, I was young and probably wasn't doing it all right. But um, but they also showed that the Persians are one of the least aggressive breeds to other cats. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And it goes on to say that the British shorthairs had the highest probability for decreased contact to people, whereas... Corats have the lowest probability. British shorthairs were also shown to be one of the least active breeds. What are some of the other breed personalities people should take into consideration here? This is interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that helps answer uh, Nina's question that British shorthairs one of the least active um, breeds. They showed that Turkish vans had the highest probability for aggression towards other cats. The ragdoll breed was relaxed, loving, and friendly. The Burmese are very social. The Abyssinian, I've always wanted an Abyssinian. They're Mm -hmm. intelligent. They love games and challenges, and they're playful and inquisitive, which, you know, that tells me that you got a cat like that, you better be a really good cat parent because it's going to need lots of interaction and lots of prey play and food puzzles and challenges from you. The Maine Coon, very affectionate and vocal. And I wouldn't have thought Maine Coons as being particularly vocal, but, you know, I've never had one, so I, I don't know. The Russian Blue had the highest probability for shyness towards strangers, which, 
is consistent with other breed descriptions of them being intelligent, playful, and reserved. And they were the most likely to show shyness towards novel objects, too. So they might be one of those that's scared of the cucumbers. <laughs> but none of that is consistent with, with my blue cat that I had years ago named Enzo. But, you know, when you adopt a cat from a shelter that looks like a Russian blue, it's probably not a purebred, you know, and you get a whole totally different mix of genetics and personality traits. And, you know, I, I, I've only, with Tabasco, did that base pause genetic testing, you know, like the DNA 3 and me or whatever that thing is that people do well they have a similar kind of thing for cats and and it shows what they are you know what part of them are you know oriental breeds and what part of them are you know bengals and eastern cats and and things like that and it that's interesting i can explain a lot of things for you about the personality of your cat maybe but uh, but I know a lot of people, all solid blue cats in shelters, everybody calls Russian blues. And clearly, they're not purebred Russian blue cats. <laughs> you know, I, I, this one is kind of funny, but what about the, the new breed that looks like a werewolf cat? <laughs> yeah, those are the, the Lycoi. And they're actually affectionate and loving, but shy with strangers. It says they also enjoy games and problem-solving skills, although I really think that defines every cat, you know. It says that they're possessive of toys and don't like to share. So it might not be a great multi-cat, you know, household type of breed to have. They sure do (laughs) look strange. Yeah, you want to talk (laughs) about strange. What about that naked cats, the Sphinx? God, those Mm, are strange. Yeah, the naked. (laughs) You know, I love the Nakeds, and, and interestingly enough, they're one of the newer breeds. In, uh, in, in 1966, a Canadian cat gave birth to a furless kitten, which was due to a mutation in the cat's genes, and then people began to breed for that mutation. But that breed's known to be lovable, silly, clumsy, and mischievous, which indicates a smart cat to me, actually. And they're <laughs> cool. The only thing is, you know... People think, oh, I want a naked cat because it, it won't shed. It won't get hair on my clothes or my furniture. But I have a friend that had one, and I picked it up. And, of course, wearing black. I'm always wearing black. I had a black shirt. Picked up the cat. Was holding the cat close to me, petting it, loving on it. Just amazed by the fact that there's no fur and how weird that feels the first time you do it. Put the cat down, and I've got slime all over the front of my shirt. <laughs> so oh, their oh. skin is, is oily and, and needs a lot of attention. Like you have to bathe them, and there's a little bit more maintenance with a naked cat than you would imagine. Um, so be sure to learn about breeds, you know, before you jump into to buying them. Yeah, I agree. So here's an, an interesting <laughs> find from the study. House cats, Norwegian forest cats, Turkish vans, and Maine coons were the most likely to do wool sucking, whereas Persian blues were the least likely. Russian blues, you mean? Yeah, Russian blues. What'd I say? Persian blues. That oh, sounds like well, a song. I'm I trying to create a Persian new breed. Persian blues. I'm just doing a new breed. I already <laughs> named it. Persian you did. blues. Persian That'd be blues. Interesting. Cro- crossing <laughs> For a all Persian those with a Russian. Persian blue is a new, the new new. 
<laughs> but, you know, all of that is counter to what you would think because if they're shy to new people and things, you'd assume that they were insecure and, you know, which we would relate to wool sucking behavior, kind of like, you know, thumb sucking behavior, right? Right. That's right. Uh, so I would assume wool sucking is a comforting behavior like thumb sucking and when an animal animal doesn't do doesn't feel comfortable you assume that it's insecure is that just like kids do when they're sucking their thumb is that right well and and really that's a good example of anthropomorphizing it's what <laughs> anthropomorphizing you know, yeah, I don't know what that is <laughs> well that's when we attribute human characteristics or behavior to an animal it, it can also you know it, it not just an animal it can also be an object but in this case we're talking about cats I see it most often when people are trying to surmise why the cat did a bad thing you know like he's peeing in my husband's shoe to get back at him for something you know cats don't feel emotions of revenge so that's anthropomorphizing okay so why is the cat peeing in the husband's shoe <laughs> well, <laughs> that is a discussion for another podcast and oh yeah i agree on... we've done stuff like that haven't we <laughs> yes we have okay so that wraps up our show today and if you listeners want the link to the study we just talked about today then you can email molly, M-O-L-L-Y, at cattalkradio.com. And listen, thank you, Nina, for sending this over. And to all those others who contribute to the show, we really appreciate that. And the Scottish, Scottish Ireland uh, on Instagram for suggesting the topic. If you have a topic idea for us, reach out and share it. If any of you listening today or have listened to other shows have learned something from one of our podcasts and care about the plight of shelter cats, consider sending us a gratuity donation. It's super easy. Just go to the store Cat Behavior Solutions website, scroll down past the products, and while you're there, grab a few, throw them in your cart, and there's a donation button down at the bottom in different amounts. Just pick one, add it to your cart, check out. And that'll come to us. And we thank you very much for that. Yeah. And, and you know, it's free shipping for orders over $49. So if you've got $40 worth of products, then go ahead and throw a $10 donation on top. And, and that'll make your shipping for free. We appreciate that. And while you're there on the website, which is catbehaviorsolutions.org, go ahead and check out the blog. Because I, I do post a lot of things in that blog that I don't cover in podcasts or that are too long for Facebook or social media. And speaking of Facebook and social media, go find us on Facebook and like us and follow us and share our stuff with your friends because they need the good cat info too. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram also. And That's uh, right. we really do appreciate your donations and purchases of product because this is an all volunteer based podcast. Dewey and I don't get paid. Pico doesn't even appreciate it. So we're here to help share information with you. 
that will help you to take better care of your cat and increase the bond between the two of you and hopefully also help you prevent any behavior issues, bad behavior issues from developing in the future. Because when your cat pees in your husband's shoe, you are likely (laughs) going to begin to have thoughts, or at least no, he is going to begin to have thoughts about surrendering that cat to a shelter. And so we're here to continue to do this as long as Shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is the number, is the one, number cause one cause of cats of death and, and death cats. And cats. <laughs> or cats and deaths or whatever. And whatever. <laughs> yeah, I kind of screwed up. Yeah, well, anyway, everybody, until next time, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.